welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is from the Sword of the Spirit Bible Conference. This is the evening service of Saturday the 20th of February 2016, entitled The Great White Throne. And the Bible reading is taken from Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. Here's Pastor Brian Beaver. So good to see all of you tonight. Thank God for you being here. Appreciate your attendance and you at least being awake. Amen. You that are young people that have been here all weekend, you know exactly what I mean. Uh, it's been a long, long week uh, in already. And, but I, I'm encouraged uh, with the attentiveness and the attendance. And I just thank God for each and every one of you. I praise God for this church. Thank God for the leadership, pastor and his family. And for you other pastors that are here, I want to thank God, Pastor Daniel and his dear friend, all the way from Romania. And I, I wish I knew how to say thank you so much in Romanian. Maybe you can teach me that. And uh, maybe I can come over and I can learn some Romanian. Amen. Can you imagine me preaching in Romanian, what that would sound like? <laughs> huh? That's, that's funny right there. But anyway. Well, take your Bible and open to Revelation chapter 20. I've got to get right to it tonight. It's already 8 o'clock. And uh, we've got game time and all kind of stuff to do tonight. And I guess some of us need to go to sleep too. And so I want to get right to the message tonight. And so Revelation chapter number 20. You're going to think at the outset of this message, why a message from Revelation chapter 20 when we're talking about love this weekend? Uh, there's a reason why. Um, this is a hard message to preach and not an easy one to listen to. But I have to do it because that's what the Holy Spirit of God led me to do. And so I want you to look at Revelation chapter number 20 and look at verse number 11. Revelation chapter number 20 and verse number 11. I told the young people this morning that the book of Revelation has an outline. Revelation chapter number 1 verse 19 says, Write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. So you've got past, present, and future. What we're going to look tonight at is things that shall be hereafter. Revelation chapter number 4 through 22 is future events. It's called eschatology. Study of last things. And ladies and gentlemen, I kind of like it. You want to know why? Because everything that we read in prophecy, most of it we're going to be part of. Matter of fact, if you read Revelation 19, it says, The armies which were in heaven followed them upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Do you know who those armies are? It's every blood-bought, born-again believer that's sitting under the sound of my voice tonight. You're a part of Revelation 19. Amen? Amen. However, I've got good news tonight. What we read, we're all going to take part in. One way or the other. And so I know this is a hard message to preach. Pastors don't like to preach on to topics like this. But you know what? I preach the whole counsel of God. Somebody said, you know what? Uh, it makes you look like you're, you're mean. No, I'm not mean. I I'm trying to be truthful to you. I'm trying to tell you exactly. And I'm gonna know, I want you to know this at the outset of the message tonight. That this ought to stimulate, it ought to motivate your love to be more passionate to me, more outgoing, when you go on the streets or you talk to a stranger, it, this message right here ought to compel you to have compassion for those that don't know Jesus Christ. I want you to look at Revelation chapter number 20, verse 11. John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's exiled on the island of Patmos, makes this statement. John the Revelator says this, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose hate face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And a book was opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book according to their works. 
And the sea gave up the dead which was in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which was in them. And every man was judged according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And I want you to look at verse number 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I want to preach to you tonight on this topic, the great white throne judgment, or if I could entitle it this way, the court of no appeal. The court of no appeal. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you know my heart tonight. God, you know that this is a subject that's going to be, it's going to cut two ways. It's going to cut to the good and it's going to cut to the bad. So Lord, I, I need your help tonight. God, I pray that you'd open the ears and the hearts of every person under the sound of my voice tonight and we would be honest and real about where we're at in our relationship with you. And we're going to love you and we're going to thank you for what you do because we ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Listen, well, there's going to be a day when God's going to put the eternal period at the end of the sentence and time will be no more. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're reading tonight. Part of it is the great white throne judgment. But ladies and gentlemen, I got good news for you tonight. Romans 8 chapter 1, Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation of them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I got good news for you tonight. If you're blood-bought and born again, you're never going to have to stand at this event called the Great White Throne Judgment. And I've also got even better news tonight. If you're not saved, you can be saved tonight. Somebody said, how can that be good news? Let me tell you something, folks. I heard a story one time about three, three hunters that were out hunting. They had, they had been in the woods and they came out and they saw a prairie fire that was coming across the prairie. They began to run from the fire. One of the hunters, Frazier, fell down, broke his leg. He told the other two, go on without me. I, you, you'll not save me, save yourself. And the other hunter said, we're not going to leave, you're our, you're our friend. And he said, I've got an idea. One of the hunters said, if you have a pack of matches. He said, yeah, what you going to do? He said, I'm going to light a fire. And so he lit a fire and his friend was going, what are you doing? He said, just hold on, I've got an idea. He, he lit a fire, he let it burn for about, I don't know, six to eight meters around. He beat it out with his coat, stamped it out with his feet, and he said, now, let's bring our friend inside this scorched circle because the fire can't come to where the fire's already been. Let me tell you something. 2,000 years ago on Calvary, the fire of God's wrath fell on Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And let me tell you something. If you'll take your stand at the old rugged cross, the fire can't come to where the fire's already been. Amen? Let me get a little Baptocostal tonight. Amen? <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, I've got to take you tonight to a place called the court of no appeal. Can I say something? You may miss an appointment in your life. You may miss a dentist appointment. You may miss a doctor's appointment. But ladies and gentlemen, this is an appointment we will not miss. I want you to look at it, Revelation chapter number 20, and look at verse 11. It says, And I saw a great white throne from whose faith and him that sat on it. Let me explain something. Number one, I want you to see tonight the exaltation of the judge. You say, Who is this judge? Who is this one that's sitting on the throne? It says, and I saw a great white throne in him that sat on it. Some people have said it's God himself. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not God, and I can give you some verses to back it up. Listen, John chapter number 5 verse 22 says, The Father judges no man, but commits all judgment to the Son. 
Acts chapter 17, verse 31, it says, And he will, uh, uh, he will judge the world in that day, appointed in that day by that man whom he hath ordained because he hath raised him from the dead. Who was raised from the dead? Jesus Christ. Romans chapter number 2, verse 16. It says, And in that day, Steve, he will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according, Paul said, to my gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, the one that's sitting on this throne at the great white throne is none other than Jesus Christ. He's the Lamb of God. You remember in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not made anything that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through Him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was a true light, which lighteth every man that cometh in the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 29, John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and you know what he told the people? Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. That same Lamb is the line of the tribe of Judah that will sit on the throne in this day. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the bright morning star. He's the Christ. He's the day star. He's the everlasting father. He's the fairest of 10,000 of my soul. He's the good shepherd. He's the high holy one of Israel. He's the intercessor. He's the just one. He's the kinsman redeemer. He's the lamb of God. He's the man of sorrows. He's the whatever you want him to be, he'll be what you want him to be, amen? That's the one that's coming back. He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the one that'll never be impeached and he ain't about to resign. Amen? Amen. That's my king. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the one that's going to sit on the throne. The exaltation of the judge. Number one, we see the exaltation of his person. Who is this person on the throne? It's Jesus Christ. Listen, this is not the Lamb of God here. This is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Can I say this? This event... Let me tell you something, when Jesus Christ comes back is the thrill of every saint, but it is a threat to every sinner. I want you to look not only at the exaltation of the judge, and number one, his person, number two, his position. Look at what it says. And I saw a great white what? His position. Let me tell you something. He's high and lifted up. He's on his throne. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah, when he saw that his uncle King Uzziah died, he made this statement. He said, when King Uzziah died, when an earthly monarch fell off the scene, I saw Jesus high and lifted up on his throne and his train filled the temple. Amen. Some of y'all need to get excited about this because I'm about to perish. Amen. I'm about to die up here preaching to you. So number one is person, but number two is position. Can I say this? Jesus Christ has not diminished his power one iota. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm glad for it. Amen, Antonio. Look at this. Not only his position, and number two is, listen, his person, but number three, I want you to look at his power. It says, and I saw a great, say it with me, great white throne, his power. He's not diminished his power one iota. 
Number one, folks, the Bible says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. David was right when he said it. If we served a little God, he'd deserve little praise. But great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Amen? Can I say this? Matthew 28, 18, Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, told his disciples, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you tonight that he is the one that said in Revelation 1.18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Ladies and gentlemen, he's not dead. He ain't even sick. He's on the throne, Gareth. The exaltation of the judge. Number one, his person. Number two, his position. Number three, his power. But number four, his purity. Look at what it says. I saw a great what? Everybody in this room knows what white stands for. A bride-to-be wears it at her wedding. Hopefully to show purity. Amen? We know that white in the Bible represents purity. God made white clouds. You know what that stands for? We're not pantheists. We don't worship the white clouds. We worship the God that made the white cloud. Amen? Because we serve a pure God. Can I get a witness? Thank you. I need some help up here. I'm tired too, man. i got to get through this thing. Listen, his purity, his purity, Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Heard a story one time, Nathan, about G.W. Truitt, Dallas-Fort Worth area. Great preacher of preachers in the United States of America. He was preaching one morning and he said one of his men came down and said there's a lady that wants to talk to you after the servant. Man, I'm telling you, G.W. Truett was a man like C.H. Spurgeon in our country. He had multitudes of microphones that would just broadcast his message all over the United States of America. When he got done preaching, the man said there's a lady coming down here to talk to you. It was a nurse. She had a little radio on her arm. She came down she looked at the pastor and she said, Mr. Truett, I want you to know that today I'm going to sit with a lady who's probably the dirtiest lady in all of Dallas-Fort Worth. She's a prostitute. She's got AIDS. I want you to pray for her. He said, I'll be praying. When he got done preaching his message, he, listen, the man that came in and said there was a woman wanting to talk to him before the service, she can't, listen, he came down with a card and he was reading this to the pastor. He said, I can't believe this, but this is a note from somebody from that nurse. And listen, this is what the note said. He said, what does it say, young man? And the young man said, Mr. Truitt, it says this, she's dirty, but she's thirsty. She's dirty, but she's thirsty. And the guy said, it's got an address on it. Do you want to go visit it? He said, you absolutely right. I want to go visit her. He got in his car after the service, drove down a dirt road, had to get out of his car and park, and, and park it literally so he could walk about 300 yards to go into the woods to a dilapidated old shack that didn't have even a door on it. It had a curtain over the doorway. When he opened the curtain, he saw a hospital gurney with a lady laying in there. And he said there was roaches that were running all over the floor. Everything inside was nasty and filthy. Her hair was oily. Her face was emaciated. She was, listen, literally eat up with AIDS. He went in and he stuck his hand to the bed and he said, Miss, he said, Miss, my name is G.W. Troy. I'm pastor of Dallas-Fort Worth First Baptist. He said, I'd like to pray for you. And she said, I can't shake your hand. I'm dirty. I'm filthy. You're a man of God. I can't shake your hand. He said, but ma'am, I want to pray with you. Can I do that? He got down and he said he prayed for what felt like about 45 minutes. 
And after he got praying for about 45 minutes, he heard and heard the sheets ruffle and he heard somebody, felt somebody touch him on the shoulder and he looked up and he said, you know what was funny? He said, the room didn't change. Carly said it was still dirty. She was still sick. He said, but her hand come up from underneath some covers and he, she said, I'll shake your hand now, sir. And he said, what happened? She said, while you were praying, I asked Christ to cleanse me and I'm saved right now, Amen. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Four weeks later, she died. He did her funeral. One of the EMTs that rolled her out of that old dilapidated shack said in testimony, he gave testimony of this. He said when we were rolling her out of the house, as she was dying, her last words was a song. And she was singing that song as she was rolled out of that house. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Can I tell you right now, if you put your faith in Christ, God can take your black heart and reply red royal blood and make you as white as snow. Amen. Amen. Only God can do that. Right. Amen. Son, I'm about to have a Baptocostal seizure up here. Amen. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> Number one, the exaltation of the judge. I can't... Sometimes I just can't help what's inside of me. What about you? I watch people have a fit. Listen, we just went through the Super Bowl in America. I watch people paint themselves up, go out onto a field, act like a maniac for a temporal ball game, but yet people come in the house of God and they look at you like you. Uh, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Why in the world can't we get excited about what God's doing in our life? Amen? The court of no appeal, number one, the exaltation of the judge. Who's sitting on the throne? It's none other than Jesus Christ. Listen, he has his position on the throne. He has power because it's great, and he has purity because it's white. But ladies and gentlemen, I must look at the examination of the judge. Not only the exaltation of the judge, but the examination by the judge. Look at verse number 12. Verse number 12 says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book according to their works. I've had a lot of people say, well, you know what, preacher? God must be impressed with me because of all the stuff I do for Him. Can I say this? If you could get to heaven by doing good works, when you got there, you'd brag about it. And there ain't going to be nobody when they get to heaven bragging about nothing. You'll be given all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory to Jesus Christ. Amen? You won't be bragging about nothing. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Jesus is enough. He's always been enough. Amen? And so, ladies and gentlemen, there is an examination by the judge. You say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, number one, there's an assembling. There's the assembling of the dead. It says, I saw the dead small and great. By the way, I don't care who you are, how much money you got, or what kind of family you came from. Don't care what kind of pedigree, if you've been in the ministry 20 years, or you've been lost for 15 and just got saved. Let me say something. Everybody, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. There are no superiors nor inferiors in the work of God. We're all equal. Amen. We're all right there where we need to be, right there at level ground. 
Amen? And so what I'm trying to say is there's an assembling of the dead here, small and great. There's going to be big sinners, little sinners, rich sinners, poor sinners. Amen? Religious sinners and non-religious sinners. I love these people who go, well, you know. Preacher Atten sinned in 32 years, and I don't know why you're preaching this message because I really don't need it, but they, they must need it, and so, yeah, whatever. You def- you're the first one that needs to get right with God. I love these people. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just so glad he preached that message for my sister-in-law. Amen. <laughs> whatever. You need this. Let me tell you something. There's going to be an assembling of the dead, small and great. They're going to stand before God and they're going to be... Listen, there's not only the assembling of the dead, but there's the accounting of the deeds. You say, what do you mean? Look at what it says, Frazier. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book according to their works. Can I say this tonight? If you put your faith in the finished work of Calvary, you don't ever have to worry about standing before God, standing before Jesus Christ at this judgment, because you'll stand before Jesus at the great white throne and give an account of what you've done in the body, whether it be worthy or worthless. If you've put your faith in Christ. But I've got good news for you tonight. If you ain't, you can be in, go from an ain't to a saint if you'll put your faith in Christ tonight. You won't have to stand at this one either. But let me remind you something. At this courtroom, you can't stand up and say, I object. Mama ain't going to be standing with you. It's going to be a single file line, as far as you can see, of people who've sat in church, of people who've gone through the streets today, and I heard them. I heard them cursing at us and cursing at uh, Brother Edward that was preaching over there before we got there and saying, You're a liar! It's a bunch of blanking lies! You know what? One day they'll have a meeting before God. Hey, guess who will be there? Hitler. Mussolini, every president that's died without Christ, every prime minister that's died without Christ, every monarch that's died without Christ, I don't care big, little, small, green, black, white, I don't care what color you are, if you've not put your faith in Christ, the dead will stand before God and the books will be open. You say, what books? There's going to be three of them. Number one, there's going to be the book of life. Number two, there's going to be the book of works. But number three, there's going to be the Bible. That book right there is going to be open. And let me say something. If you don't know that book, you know how you get to know Jesus Christ? Through the written word of God. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servants loveth it. Can I ask you something? What do you know about Jesus Christ? If you know anything about Him, it's spending much time with Him in prayer and in the ministry of that book. And by the way, if you're not saved tonight, you're going to stand before God one day and give an account of what you heard tonight. And you're going to be judged according to those books, the book of life. Somebody said, what is the book of life? Well, a lot of people have debated on what really the book of life is, but I'm going to give you my opinion. Since I'm preaching you ain't, I guess I'll do that, all right? I believe the book of life is a book that every name's recorded in and when you die without Christ and you don't make a decision to trust Him, your name's blotted out of it. I want to ask a question tonight before we go any farther. If Jesus walked in this room tonight in physical form and He held in His hand the book of life, 
And he came to you and laid it in your lap and said, find your name. Could you do it? The examination by the judge. He's going to judge us out of those books. Look at, look at the accounting. Look at the, uh, the assembling of the dead. I want you to look back at verse number 13. It says that the sea gave up the dead which was in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which was in them. You say, preacher, what's that mean? Well, I think a lot of us know that there was a worldwide flood. Amen. That word, when it says the sea gave up the dead which was in it, there was a lot of people that died. Amen. All, all but eight. <laughs> and all those people are going to be raised to stand before God. And then it says death and hell would deliver up the dead which was in it. Death is the place of the departed body. But hell is the place of the departed soul. You say, preacher, I had a preacher time one time tell me that hell and hell, hell and the lake of fire were the same place. Well, they didn't do you anything wrong because everybody that goes to hell is going to go to the lake of fire. Now, see, this ain't easy to preach because you don't preach for amens when you got a message like this. But there's somebody in this room, there's probably more than one that needs to hear this tonight. Because, listen, if you stand at this court of no appeal, you're not going to be able to say, wait, can I get a continuance? Can I get a, can I get a court-ordered attorney? I object. You can't say that. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. The examination by the judge, the exaltation of the judge, but number three, and I want you to look at this. I want you to look very quickly at the execution of justice. You know, one of the great things about our God, Jay, is as He is love, He is long-suffering, He is merciful, He is gracious, but He is holy. And He is just. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to see the execution of justice. I want you to look down at verse number 15. It says in verse number 14, let's look at verse 14. It says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. My wife and I have a camp that we do every summer. This past summer we were doing camp, and on the last two nights we had a bonfire. If you don't know what a bonfire is, it's where you just stack a bunch of wood up, you put some diesel fuel on it, you put some kerosene on it, and you hit that baby, and it'll stay lit for about four hours. And I'm talking, the flames are up to here. I can remember my wife saying distinctively on the last night, she said, Brian, she said, I couldn't even get, but maybe from you to Alex, from that fire, but what it didn't almost singe my eyebrows, it was that hot. I said, honey, let me tell you something. That's nothing. And by the way, she only did that for about 30 seconds. Imagine what eternity's like in the lake of fire. You say, preacher, what is your point? You know, this is probably one of the quickest messages that I'm going to preach this week because I don't want you to sit around mulling over this. I want you to really meditate upon it. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7, and I want you to look at a couple verses. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 and 22. I want you to look at it very quickly. Matthew chapter number 7, verses 21 and 22. Matthew 7. Matthew chapter number 7. Look at verses 21 and 22. Jesus speaking, it's written in red, says, Not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. You know what Lord means? It means Lord. Let me say, let me say this tonight, young people. If Jesus Christ is not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. He don't want half of your life. 
He don't want 87% of you. He wants 100% of everything you got. Lock, stock, and barrel. The whole thing. But it says that there'll be many in that day say, Lord, Lord. That means you're the Lord of my life. But look at what it says next. Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? You know what that, you know what that literally means? You know what the word prophesy, the Greek language here, means to preach. Did we not preach in your name? Now, I've had a lot of people ask me this. This has got to be all those God-haters and agnostics and atheists that are going to stand before God and say, we... no, let me ask you something. Do you know any atheist that's preaching the Word of God? Do you know any atheist or agnostic or, or heretic that is casting out devils and doing many wonderful works, as it says right here? No, I don't. You know what I believe? It's right here. And by the way, B.R. Lakin made a statement. B.R. Lakin was an old preacher back about 100 years ago. I don't know, 70, 80 years ago. B.R. Lakin said that he believed that one out of every two professing Christians would spend eternity in the region of the damned. Listen to that now. One out of two, that's 50%. Billy Graham said he would be pleasantly surprised if 60% of professing Christians would be in heaven. Now, can I explain something? That's an earthly preacher saying that. So that really don't care a lot of weight. But when the God of the universe says many, you know what the word many means in the Greek language? It always means more than half. In other words, Jesus just said this, Frazier, more than half will come to me and say, Lord, Lord. Guys, do you know how many you know how many times I preach a year and I stand there and I think before I get in the pulpit, how many people am I preaching to tonight who are going to sit there and claim to be something they're not? And listen, die without Christ because of their pride. I have watched grown men, Nathan. Your, your dad has watched grown men stand and look down a row with one eye open and during the invitation to see if somebody's looking before they raise their hand for prayer. That's pride. And ladies and gentlemen, let me say something. Jesus said more than half will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not preach in your name? Did we not in your name cast out devils? Did we not in your name do many wonderful works? And Jesus will say to them in that day, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I was preaching seven years ago in Lawrenceville, Georgia. I met a pastor for the first time. He said, you're not going to believe his story. We went out to dinner on a Tuesday night. He said, you're not going to believe his story. I said, what is it? He said, when I surrendered to the ministry, my pastor led me to Christ. He taught me the Bible. I, I was ordained by him. He sent me out in the ministry, and he is my hero. And he said, I called him to come do a homecoming service for our church, the second homecoming we'd ever had. And he said, I wanted him to do it. So I called him. He said he'd be glad to do it. He said, I'll get on a plane. This is when I'm arriving. He said, pick me up at the airport in Atlanta. He went to the Atlanta airport. He picked this pastor up. When he got there, the pastor was, he was complaining about a chest pain. And he said, I think I've got indigestion. He got in the car and he said, well, do you want me to take you to the hospital? He said, no, just get me to the hotel. On the way to the hotel, pastor, he said, man, you better turn this car around and find a hospital. I think I'm having a heart attack. Sure enough, folks, he was having massive heart failure. 
when they were in the car, he began to convulse and he was holding a pillow in his chest and he finally got to the, the, to the hospital. He rushed in there, opened the doors, put him in a, in a wheelchair, rushed him in there. They took him in there, put him on a hospital gurney, rolled him into his back room and they put them pads on him and they had the blue light blinking. I mean, this guy was getting ready to flatline. He was getting ready to die. And they put them pads. Now, they don't do that anymore in the States. They've got electrodes that they put on you. But now they had pads and they put that plasma or whatever on it and they say, clear. It went, poof. And they hit him one time and his body kind of shook like that. And nothing happened. They said, clear. Boof, hit him again. On the fourth time, Nathan, when they hit him with them pads, my friend said he was running down the hall and got there just in time to see it as his pastor who led him to Christ, who ordained him, and who was his hero. He watched his pastor when they hit him with those pads. Poof. Joel on the fourth time, it's, he said, my pastor, his back come about that far off the bed. He clutched it with his hand like that and he kicked his feet out and he said these words, Oh God, I'm burning in hell. And he died right there. You say, a pastor? Do you know there'll be pastors in hell? Many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, you know what I'd hate? I'd hate for you to leave here and your friends think you were saved and you know you ain't. That's bad, isn't it? That'd be bad for you to come to a meeting and you got everybody fooled. You got everybody snookered, if you will. You've got this mask on. And do you know what? If the book was laid in your lap, you couldn't find your name. My question tonight is this. This court of no appeal... There's going to be a line of people and they're going to stand before God and mama ain't going to be there. Your pastor ain't going to be there. Your brother's sisters ain't going to be there. None of your brethren and none of your sisters in Christ are going to stand with you and you're going to stand there and the pronouncement is going to be this. Cast them into the lake of fire. You say, how in the world can a God like do something like that? God don't. If you... Leave this place this weekend without Christ. You're going to have to crawl over the cross and trample through the blood if you go to hell. It ain't God's fault. It's your fault. Because you've heard the truth. The Bible says, Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, we've just heard a verse that Jesus said, there'll be many come and they'll be given all kind of excuses, right? Guys, I want you to come help me a minute, both of you. Now, what I want you to do right now is I want you to drag me. Don't you, don't, don't be, now don't be sissies, okay? I want you to drag me out of that door right there. This is what's going to happen in the last days. This is what's going to happen to Great White Throne. There's going to be many stand at that day and they're going to say, Lord, wait a minute, Lord. Come on now. I was a member of community. I was a member. I got baptized, Lord. I even went out on the street and preached and I gave people leaflets and God, please, please don't throw me in the lake of fire. Listen, I don't know what God's going to do and how, how He's going to use it. I don't know what He's going to use. But I do know this. The Bible says anybody in this room whose name is not written in the book of life is going to be cast, hurled into a lake of fire. And there will be no appeals. What about you tonight? Do you know that God loves you so much 
that He's given you opportunity to be at a meeting like this tonight on a Saturday night. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, you can be gloriously saved tonight if you'll put your faith in Christ. You don't have to trust religion. You don't have to trust baptismal waters. You don't even have to trust the Lord's Supper or your church membership. All you've got to do is say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need you as my Savior, and I'm trusting the finished work of Calvary to take me to heaven. And I promise you right where you're sitting or right where you're standing or down here at an altar, you can be saved tonight if you'll do that. And you won't have to be standing at the court of no appeal. One day you'll hear God's final call to you to take His offer of salvation true. This may be it, my friend, if you but knew God's final call, God's final call. This may be His final call for you. The church may be raptured before we leave here tonight. Before we go to the next time of group, the rapture could take place. And if you're left behind and you've just heard the truth and understood it and rejected it, you're going to be left behind. To have to go through a time called the tribulation period that's unparalleled to anything we've ever experienced in our life. Do you know what I'm thankful for? I ain't going to be there. Because I'm saved by the grace of God. You want to know how I'm saved? Because I was there when it happened. Amen. I was there when I got saved and I know what happened to me. What about you? It might be God's final call for you tonight. Let's bow for prayer. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Tonight I want to ask you a question. Nobody looking around. I want to ask you a question, Judgment Day Honest. You say, Preacher, not a shadow of a doubt in my mind. If I took my last breath tonight, I know my name's been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I can raise my hand right now that I'm saved and on my way to heaven. And I can raise my hand right now. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Just raise it up and then put it back down. God bless you. If you're in this room tonight, you'd say, Preacher, I am concerned about my spiritual condition and my eternal destiny. And I want you to lift me up in prayer. I want you to pray for me. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to stand at the great white throne judgment, that court of no appeal. And I want you to lift me up in prayer. And you would just lift your hand and be honest enough and care enough about your soul to let me pray for you. Is there anybody like that? God bless you. God bless you. And you and you and you, ma'am. Thank you. Once you put it up, you put it down. God bless you. Thank you so much. I want to do this. Nobody looking around, please. We're not going to stand yet. Nobody's looking around. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm looking all over the crowd. Nobody's looking but me. If you raised your hand, you're not sure, and you don't want to have to stand at this impending judgment. You want to be saved. Could you just look up at me if you raised your hand? Did you mean it? Did you mean that? Did you mean it? Did you mean it? I promise you, based upon what God said in His Word, if you will trust Christ tonight, you can be saved right where you're sitting. I do it this way. Just bow your heads and listen, a prayer don't save you, but if you'll pray this and you'll mean it, I believe God will radically change your life if you'll mean it in your heart. If you'll just pray these words silently as I pray them out loud, Father, I'm so sorry. I know I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I know my sin has separated me from God, but I know Jesus Christ died for me.
and His blood I want applied to my life to cleanse me from my sin. I ask Him right now to save me in Jesus' name. Now, with nobody looking around, if you prayed that for the first time and you mean it, would you just let me rejoice with the angels in heaven? If you just raise your hand and say, Preacher, I prayed that and I meant it. Honestly, judgment day, honest, I prayed that and I meant it. I'm willing to raise my hand that I prayed that. Anybody like that? Anybody? God bless you, friend. God bless you, honey. Anybody else? God, God bless you. Thank you. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Thank you, my friend. Now listen. You need to come talk to me, talk to Pastor Larry, talk to your group counselor, whatever. You need to talk to somebody and let us take a Bible and give you assurance because I'm going to promise you the devil's going to try to whisper in your ear, you didn't mean what you just did. Father, I've done my best. I've done my best to rightly divide this portion of Scripture that's hard to preach. God, I pray that the decisions that were made were genuine and not done as much out of fear but as out of love that you died for them and that you want them to be with you in eternity. God, I praise you for the ones that's made decisions. Now, there may be some people in this room who have loved ones and have even a mate, even a spouse or children that would be separated from them forever if they died without Christ. And that would, be, that would be disastrous to have an eternal soul separated from their family, but especially from God. God, when's the last time that we've gotten a burden for our family like, like we need to? God, I pray that you'd have your will in your way in this invitation time. Speak to hearts. and Help us to draw closer to you because of what we've heard tonight. And we're going to love you and thank you for what you do in Jesus' name.